was a violent year. It was a disturbing year. People were being killed in the streets of America. Riots were taking place. Police officers were more like troopers for an army who were trying to regulate and control the chaos of the streets. The Tet Offensive was going on. Martin Luther King was assassinated. Student protests were occurring all over the face of the country. It was giving rise to uh, a lot of violence and hatred. Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated this year. And the Vietnam War was starting to look, finally, to the American people more problematic. It was hard. And there was a voice that rose up in that time, that year, specifically. And the professor, the chair, I should say, of Widener University in Pennsylvania says that this voice that came to us in 1968 is more relevant now than he's ever been. This Presbyterian minister got on television and he sang a very simple song. That's all I want to share with you today. While everybody was asking, who do we have to care for? Who really matters? What life is worth killing for the sake of national security? Who's in, who's out? The whole country was wrestling with that. In other words, the whole country was trying to ask the question, and just who is my neighbor? White people had one answer. You had a political leaning in that time, you had a certain answer, and another group had another one. In a very divided state, here comes this Presbyterian minister who steps on the scene and he gets on television and he says, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, <laughs> a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? And instead of asking, who is my neighbor? He says, won't you please be? And that's all I want to share with you today. That if we ask, and just who is my neighbor, we're wrong before we even begin. If we try to discern who's in and who's out, who has earned and merits our love, our attention, our resources, we're already wrong. Because the question is not just who is our neighbor. The question is, please won't you be? You have a guy here in this story who, I like how Luke is so sarcastic. Oh my goodness, he's sarcastic. Every time you read this text, you should say, Luke, you're hilarious. Because when he refers to this lawyer, he calls him, almost in quotations, the expert. The expert speaks up and says, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? The expert says, and just who is my neighbor? And it's interesting that Jesus says, first he says, well, what does the law say? And the expert chimes in and he says, that you have to love the Lord. He quotes the Shema from Deuteronomy. He gives a very orthodox answer. And then he actually does a good job and he 
ties Deuteronomy to a later text that says, you must love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, that's absolutely right. And do you know today that's still the answer of how you are saved? Now, I know we're all from different backgrounds, and we probably have an idea of how we're saved, that you have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, so on and so forth. But claiming Jesus is not the same as following Jesus. Calling yourself a Christian is not the same as being a Christian. And I totally believe to this day that we inherit eternal life, the kingdom in other words. The kingdom comes when we do not just love with thought and with word, but when we go and do likewise and show mercy to people. That's when kingdom comes. That's how we know that the kingdom has affected our lives in a salvific way. And so let me just go out of this short little sermon, hopefully, <laughs> by being provocative and saying that the test of your Christian life is not in how well you would score a theological exam. There was a person who, we've had wonderful encounters with people, but there was a person who came up to uh, my mother this afternoon and looking at our banner, and we have this uh, sign that kind of details what we're about. And he said to her, I don't see anything on there about the Bible. <laughs> In other words, he was testing. He's the expert. And there's a lot of us like that. I, I am like that. I'm not trying to corner him and say that I'm any different. We all want to see things that resonate with our ideas. But the test of your Christianity is not how well you can articulate a healthy orthodoxy. The test of your Christianity is not what you would score on a Bible exam. Here's the test. How wide is your mercy? How radical is your grace? How far can your love reach? Every one of us has another person or another group that we feel do not deserve what we have. Now we would probably say we don't feel that way, but we're human. So the true test of love of God is love of neighbor. And the true test of love of neighbor is loving your enemy. I encourage us to not ask the question, and who is? But instead to spend our lives asking the whole world, please won't you be? Please won't you be? doesn't matter if they're legal or illegal, doesn't matter if they are black or white or brown or any kind of color, Asian, Hispanic, Caucasian, it doesn't matter. Those, dis those distinguishing factors that we try to label on people, if they are Republican or Democrat, if they are in our tradition or outside of it, doesn't matter if they are of one opinion or another, our job is simply to live out this for the rest of our lives, and that is Please, won't you be my neighbor? In the 60s and 68, it was a big deal that black people were getting in pools with white people. And one of the first things Mr. Rogers does is he has a pool come to the set of the Mr. Rogers show. And this dude puts his feet in the water with the one that they say you shouldn't. Another group that was being picked on at that time were gay people. Many of us know, because we've seen the documentary, that Mr. Rogers not only 
was gracious and hospitable to gay people, but he actually hired them, worked with them, loved on them. Didn't, didn't matter if they matched his orthodoxy or not. Because what really matters and what really is your orthodoxy is your orthopraxis. It's 429, we gotta get back. But may we all remember that the real question is not who is my neighbor, but every single person that comes across your path that needs mercy is your opportunity to say, please won't you be. Amen. Every single person that can be impacted by your vote is your opportunity to say, please, won't you be? That's right. Every single person that you welcome into the community of faith mm -hmm. is your opportunity. It's, your, it's God saying, who do you really love? And we don't love enough until we're hated for it. That's when we love. When the love that we have gets us crucified, we're close. Mm -hmm. We're not quite there yet, but we're close. And so, Father, we pray that as we go back out, literally back out into the streets, back out, among other people who may not think like we think, believe like we believe, live like we live. May we not look at them and say, what do I owe them? Are they really my neighbor? The question in our heart should be the question of that Presbyterian minister, especially in times like these. Please, won't you be you singing? Thank you for listening to the Sacred Commons podcast. You can find out more about us at our website, thesacredcommons.com. If you feel connected to this ministry in any way, we appreciate your support. We appreciate your partnership. It helps us continue to do this work in the city of Youngstown, where we are happy to be launching a new church plant. Finally, why don't you come and join us for a service? 323 Wick Avenue at the beautiful St. John's Episcopal Church. We meet in the chapel. Come and worship with us. We'd love to see you there. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.